With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transformed their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And we have a real treat for all of the women business owners out in the audience today. And guys, you hang on too because you're going to learn quite a lot about working with your female colleagues in leadership positions today. Our guest today is Katie Snap. She's a skirt strategist, and what that means is that she empowers women to lead and succeed. During her first career, which was as an engineer at Honeywell, she was selected to participate, to participate in their corporate change, and she became one of the nation's top trainers in leadership and team building. When she was done with that, she left to become a consultant at the Cumberland Group, which was a game changer in quality revolution, and she worked with quite a few major clients. I bet you've heard of some of them, General Dynamics, Commonwealth Edison, the U.S. Navy, the U.S. Air Force, the list goes on. Uh, so during that time, uh, when she worked as a rocket scientist in a male-dominated culture, she realized that women have great value great value in a number of areas, but in particular in leadership, but it often gets buried because of our belief systems, because we feel outnumbered, because we lack positive female role models. And so she thought about this. She decided she was going to write a book. It's called Skirt Strategies, and it gives women 249 success secrets to empower them towards leadership. And she now speaks internationally to give women the encouragement and techniques they need to achieve as leaders. Welcome to the show today, Katie. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, we're excited to have you, too. And, you know, we talked in the introduction about the natural leadership ability of women, and you say that there are traits that we have, natural leadership skills and traits that we have. And what I'd like to know is how does Skirt Strategies, because Skirt Strategies isn't just a book, it's also your company, how does Skirt Strategies work with women to help them bring out these natural abilities? Well, we're really very practical. We think in terms of big, holistic direction, but we're also very practical in giving women the specific skills face-to-face, one-on-one, in any day that can make them more operational as, uh, as an effective woman. And, you know, as, as an engineer in the workforce, it's, taken me a long time to come to where where I am right now, about 30 30 years of realizing that I behaved 20 years ago, 10 years ago, differently in a work environment that I'm starting to now because there's this undercurrent of women realizing we do things differently, 
we're sometimes mm-hmm. oppressed for it, um, and mm-hmm. that's not because someone's malicious intent. It's really just the way that most of our cultures are. Our work cultures do not embrace the type of natural skills that we have. So we kept hearing these these studies that are getting a lot of exposure right now, studies by McKinsey and Company, um, uh, a series of white papers that they have, have written called Women Matter, Gender Diversity, a Corporate Performance Driver. Deloitte & Touche has done a bunch. Catalyst has done a bunch. They're a nonprofit women's research group. And as we, we hear this and we're reading blogs and we're seeing articles, um, my business partner, Carol, and I several years ago were like, okay, is somebody going to do something about it? You know, we uh-huh, know that uh-huh. we're good and, and we know we've got these natural skills and we know we're not working in an environment where they're embraced. Are we going to do something about it? Well, with right. my background in, in training and facilitation, I kind of thought, well, you give people this skill. So we started working with women one-on-one and group-on-one and, and virtually online to, to understand um, what it is that's going through their heads and how to leverage those capabilities just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So you, what you're saying, if I'm hearing you right, is that women have these natural skills, but because culturally, uh, societally, whatever it might be, even as, you know, maybe even all the way down to the family level, when those those skills or those traits are naturally expressed, they tend to be looked upon as, as too feminine or not acceptable, and so therefore we we tend to mask them and try to adapt to yeah. what is expected. Is that what you're saying? We do. That completely happens. And it's a complex issue because you're right, it's societal. It's sometimes cultural in, in the business environment. It sometimes comes from, you know, the fact that depending on what generation you are, your your mother probably did not work, and if she did, she was not in a leadership role. So you don't have a lot of female role models. Now, that's not as true for the 20- and 30-somethings who are grasping at, at, at info from those of us that have kind of figured out. They, in fact, I think it's funny because they think – that we figured out the, the work-life balance, and they're they're dying to have uh, mentors. And we look at ourselves because Kelly, you and I are about the same generation. Mm-hmm. And we look at ourselves and we think, I don't think I figured out the work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for some no, reason, no. in mean, thirty-somethings, they they think that that we have. And so um, and so, all those factors become a complex mix of where we are today and what's going on in our heads. Here's an right. example. One of the um, one of the organizations that I consult with this is a, this is just in general leadership, not just in women in leadership, but it's it's a high tech organization, and I'm often finding myself sitting around a table with nine other men, mostly all mm-hmm. technical and mid level managers, and I will listen to the level of conversation that they have, and a lot of it, by the way, is posturing and a little bit of ego, and I understand that it doesn't bother me at all. But but I'll think, you know, they're missing something because they're not listening to this bigger perspective or they're not doing some strategic thinking with this angle. So I'll toss something in that sounds like, well, you know, why don't you guys, what do you guys think about considering this, this, and this? It would be a mm-hmm. natural thing for me to say, but they, they look at me like I've got a third eye growing out of my forehead. And I think, all right, what was so odd about that? You know, women have... Uh-huh natural tendencies for inclusion when they make decisions. It can yes. often be seen seen as waffling by a man because right. a man does it differently. So that's just yeah, a, or, that's or the inability a, to make a decision on your own. 
Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I have experienced that recently with a group that I work with that are primarily men. And I actually had, because I, I tend to be more collaborative. I want to know people's opinions. I want their input. And then I will make a decision. And I know time doesn't always allow for that style to work. But if it's possible, I like to hear what people think about things. I'll ultimately make a decision, but it was driving one of these guys nuts. And he just said, Kelly, make a decision. I'm like, I'm going to make a decision. But what does it hurt for me to gather the information to find out what people right. think, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So there's 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 certain um, idiosyncrasies. It's not even idiosyncrasy. It's just it's it's just ways that we approach things that happen to be natural for us that in an environment where it's not so natural for the rest of the room, we sense that. And so we end mm-hmm. up adapting our style. Here's where we often get in trouble is we end up adapting our style to do it the way a man would do it. Well, our role mm-hmm. models in leadership have almost always been men. So we see this is the way a man does it. He does very individualized decision-making or he does some – and I realize I'm speaking in generality. Of course, and of course. At, at skirt strategies, we call at skirt strategies we call that generalization. <laughs> so I'm going to generalize here. So a yeah. man, a man will be uh, somewhat command and control, but they really do look at things enough differently. Not wrong. Now we're not wrong. Mm-hmm. They're not wrong. It's just different. Right. That we, right. we get to a point where we don't start appreciating each other's natural approach. And now, many women, especially once they get promoted start doing it the way they see others do it, which is the way the man does it. I mm-hmm. see more women crash and burn because it doesn't work. It's, it, says, mm. it, it comes off as disingenuous. It comes off as not natural. It comes off as in some, some ways manipulating or bitchy. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. It, 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 the sad thing is there's such a natural way of doing it that we could be doing it and being more successful. It's too bad we're not exposed enough to that. To, to embrace it and run with it. Right. Here's, and here's that, another, that, go ahead. Go ahead. Here's another thing that happens in, in meetings, and I'll ask you this, Kelly, and you can tell me whether it ever happens to you. If you're in a meeting where you, with maybe majority men, but at least some men, and you mm-hmm. identify a solution or an idea, and it kind of goes over like a lead balloon, and then a few minutes later a man says essentially the same thing, and the the, the resulting reaction from the group is, oh, my God, that's a great idea, and they take it and run Hmm. with it. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, that's happened to me, too. It's happened in a a couple of different ways. Uh, It's happened with the situation you just described where it's a male, but it has also happened where it could be a female, too, but the female is in a either a higher position or a perceived higher position than me. So, um, you know, there's a couple ways that can, can occur. Yeah. Well, I, I read a book about a year or so ago uh, by Mika Brzezinski called Knowing Your Value. Great mm-hmm. book. And when I first started reading it, I, I didn't think it was, was that well making its point. I thought it was well written, but I didn't, I didn't quite get the point. And then at some point through the middle of it, I'm like, oh, I absolutely get what she's saying about knowing your value and what's going on in our heads. But one of the people that she interviews in it is Sheila Bear, and Sheila Bear says this exact same situation that's happened to me where you state something, five minutes later a man says it, and he gets all the credit for it. Of course, you can say it doesn't really matter who gets credit for something as long as the good gets done, right? I'm going to start Mm -hmm. pushing back on that a little bit because 
because women have got to start being more boastful about what we're doing and what we're good at. It's why men are moving up the ladder and women are not, one of the reasons. Mm. Women mm-hmm. feel that being uh, it's conceited to say too much about their accomplishments or, hey, that was my idea. And in the book, I'll, I'll, quote, I'll quote Sheila directly, but in the book it happened to her and she turned and looked at the group and she said, hey, you guys cut that shit out. I was the one that said that five minutes ago, and none of you listened to me. <laughs> I thought, uh-huh, maybe that's uh-huh. what it takes. Is men love working with women, but they'll be the first to say, I don't get you guys. I, what are you trying to do? I don't get what you mean by collaborative decision-making or efficient communication or inspiring others. I mean, they get that, but the way that we go about it with making it very important is not as big on their pri- the priority level as it is for ours. So they're just as much yearning for the answer to tell us mm-hmm. how we work better with you. Absolutely. Well, that sets us up for the next uh, phase of this conversation, which is you have identified 16 feminine leadership skills, and I know that you categorize those as well. So can you talk to us about what those are? Sure. We have put together, based on uh, some of the research that, that I referred to and a couple of books, um, it, it, one of them in particular is How Remarkable Women Lead by Joanna Barsh and Susie Cranston. Love what's in there. And based on what Carol and I had personally experienced in, in our industries, and mine is high-tech and engineering and, and hers is food service, we mm-hmm. identified what we think are really the ones that we're seeing women need more leadership trait development in. And so we created um, the 16, and they fall into um, one of four kind of categorical areas, and that's either reading others, acting with others, reading situations, or acting on situations. A big part of those, and they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but each of the 16 kind of fall into one of those those four quadrants. And I think what women are in the reading situations and reading others there's a sensing that we have. You could call it a female intuition if you like, but there's a mm-hmm. there's a sensing that we have about undercurrents and empathizing and need, when somebody needs some empathy, which doesn't sound like hugging and you know being motherly. It just sounds like reflecting on their needs, um, sensing what their intent is. We're really good at this, and and men um, will sometimes pick up on it, but in many cases, especially in negotiating situations. I'll see a man and a woman walk out of a, a, a meeting or a negotiation, and the man will say, well, I thought that went well. And she might say, oh, I thought that guy was really squirming in his seat. Did you did you think he really did not accept what we were talking about? And the guy's blown away because he didn't pick up on any of it. So there's some mm-hmm. great value in listening to what we do naturally and, and leveraging that. Yeah. So the, and so go ahead. So those so 16, I'll just touch on some of them, but I kind of said sure. you know, sensing intent, listening, keeping perspective, a collaborative mindset, inspiring is one of them because we just naturally love to be, to be working with others. Um, one of them, right. multitasking. <laughs> I, <you know. laughs> and it brings a laugh because we think of what are we doing because we're so multitasking. Uh, we're actually pretty good at it when we keep it managed. you find that you multitask a lot, Kelly? Oh, my. I, I, I constantly multitask, um, although I'm reading more and more studies that say that that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, yeah. Right now it serves me well. Let's just say that. 
Yeah, me too. And I, I read a study, um, a neuroscientific study that says it's actually, uh, it takes away from you in the long run to be mind switching so much. Mm-hmm. It's much better to, to focus on something. One thing that's physiologically different in men than women is that women have a much more extensive blood flow throughout all quadrants of their brain. Um, oh, I did not know that. And men and is uh, very focused blood flow. So what this creates at the neuronal level is that men can, uh, can, can drill into an idea or a concentration and block out a lot mm-hmm. of other things. Whereas a woman wow. will have her, her radar out. Listen to me, I sound like such an engineer. She'll have her radar out. She'll be, she'll be looking for things that are happening at the big picture and jump back and forth when needed. Now, there's some great value in that, but can you imagine how that can be perceived by somebody that's focusing? Yes, it's, it kind of leads to the stereotype of the scatterbrained woman, probably. Exactly. Uh, you know, because you're exactly. not focused, and really what you're doing is you, you, you've got hyper-awareness at multiple levels. And, you know, if there's a way to, on a team, when you have men and women, to be able to marry those skills so that the, the overall team benefits from both types of skills, um, it sounds like a... Uh, a really good match there. One of the things, I don't know if I heard you say it or maybe you didn't give it quite this name. One of the characteristics I suspect is nurturing. Um, Is that on the list or something similar to it? Um, For the 16 traits? What is? Empathizing is. Empathizing. You were talking earlier about uh, a number of reports and white papers that you had read, which reminded me a couple of years ago, I believe it was in early 2010, Guardian put out some sort of a, a report that was played up in the uh, national media, it got a lot of press, about women business owners and about how women business owners, and I'm going to get my numbers mixed up here, but let's just suffice it to say that by 2020 or sooner, I'm not quite sure of what the time frame was, women business owners were going to create um, something like you know, two-thirds of the new jobs that were going to be created, and, and that number could be off, but it was a significant number, let's just say that, of the new jobs that were going to be created in this country. And one of the reasons that it said women business owners were being successful of late, even in spite of the recession, is that because we have a unique set of skills and that within our communities, our communities like to support women business owners because we go out and we're more involved in the communities. Um, With our employees, we tend to try to uh, raise them up, give them opportunities to excel, and just a lot of other points they touched on that went to what most people would think of the soft, fuzzy side, but that actually were shown in this study to be very significant um, determiners as to why women over the next several years are going to be so successful in business. And I thought that was a very eye-opening report. Oh, completely. And it's so timely for skirt strategies because uh, we showcase a different leadership skill each month on the website. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there is at the website, there is some free following sign-up. So if anybody wants to be getting a monthly tip, and we only send about maybe two emails a month, um, regarding uh, we showcase a certain skill that we think we'd like to drill down into so the free followers get a little tip about that and then the, our, our subscribe followers get a little bit more in a few podcasts. But we also 
tape a video that showcases that same skill. Well, this month it happens to be about the holistic view of women in the community. We're the ones mm. that are overextend, overextended, unfortunately, but we do it because we look. We don't look at our job as career advancement. We look at it as part of a bigger picture. We like a job mm. that has meaning. We like it to be more holistic, and part of that is our community efforts, whether we bring them into the workplace or whether we do something outside of it. So I think you are right on target. Women are more likely to be on community boards. They're more likely to be, uh, I'd like to say they're more likely to be running nonprofits, but, you know, 26% of uh, the men, 20 per, per six, excuse me, 26% of uh, CEOs running nonprofits is, is women, and um, mm-hmm. 74% is men. So you'd like to think, you know, and that's higher than other types of businesses because it's up from about 18%. So, uh, right. But the point is women have that natural tendency to be thinking bigger picture and in the community. Yes, that's that, so true. Go, go ahead. That, that quote that you had, that statistic, um, I have one similar from Deloitte that says nearly all net job creation since 1980 has come from small businesses that have been operated by fewer than five years. Today, the number of women-owned businesses in that category is growing at twice the rate of growth overall. Mm -hmm. What I wonder is, well, you know, in in industry or in corporations or in medium to larger-sized businesses, we're finding that we hit the glass ceiling, or it's a sticky floor, some people say. It's not a glass ceiling, it's a sticky floor (laughs) because it's Mm -hmm. self-imposed. I wonder if we're opting out of so many of those traditional type work environments because we're finding that we don't thrive. It's not something that embraces our natural way of of approaching work. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. And, and, you know, one of the things I like about you and the work that you do is it goes back to your sticky floor reference. Um, A lot of people, a lot of women, uh, and I'm probably going to make some people mad here, a lot of women who play in this space want to blame it all on society, want to blame it all on men, uh, but you say that some of this is self-imposed. Um, and, you know, women have to learn to speak up. Women have to learn to, if you want to get ahead. I mean, it's it's all about, really, when it comes down to it, it's all about what women want to do, what they want out of their life and so forth. And as you said before, nothing's right, nothing's wrong. But for women who want to advance and they're blaming it on everybody else, you have to stop sometimes and take a good look at what you're actually doing to change the situation, too. Mm-hmm. It, it is very much a reflection of what's happening in the mirror, and I do not discount the fact that there are external drivers that yes. prevent us from getting everything done that we need to. But at some point, right. you just have to say, what am I going to do about that? I can only mm-hmm. influence my immediate world. So what right. are you going to do about what your immediate world is? And to, to us, it's current strategy that on a daily basis, you figure out what your intent is, you figure out what's natural, you be true to yourself, you set your goals, you use your nat- you find out what those natural tendencies are and, and, and you use them. And when you think you know, where the rubber hits the road, when, when you're face-to-face with a situation where you feel like you're compromising yourself, step back and challenge that. You might be in mm-hmm. a room full of, men and challenging it is risky and you you it looks like something you don't want to go way too upstream, that's okay. That's going to happen. And there's times when I've compromised right. my approach because mm-hmm. I'm thinking they are in a different world. But I'm not going to say that. 
I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that. Well, I you have think- to figure out sometimes, no matter who you are, man, woman, you have to figure out which battles are worth fighting, which things are worth the energy, you know. Maybe give up on, not give up, but, you know, give on this one because you're saving your ammunition and your strength for something that's a little more important uh, over here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I also think one of the methods to make this happen um, on a local, you know, think, Think globally, act locally type thing. What can you do in your own little world is the mm-hmm. the, the act of, of mentoring other women. Being a mentor yes, or so opting up for being a mentee, and it's, a, it's one of the 2012-2013 initiatives that we're creating right now at Skirt Strategies is how do we take all this great content we have because we've got, you know, the book, you can pull one of 249 tips out and it can be your conversation for mentoring, which is mm-hmm. often what, what ends up shriveling up and dying in a mentoring relationship is they don't know what to talk about. So we've got the content. We're looking for networks and organizations and corporations and, and standalone women intra- entrepreneurs and business owners that will say, I want to be a mentor. I want to find someone right. to, to pass on what I know, and I don't have to know it all. I guarantee you're going to learn in the same process as helping somebody else move through something. Absolutely. And Katie, you were talking a little bit earlier about some of the tools and resources that you have on your website. Tell us a little bit more about those and you know how to access them. Uh, again, I, I know you went through them very quickly, but, but remind everybody of what your website is and what you have on it that can be helpful. Okay. The website is a resource for some research papers that are on there that we've gotten permission to, to repost. Uh, we've also got videos that are on, we call it the Hot Flash Video, um, and we were originally targeting <laughs> baby boomer women, um, and we've since kind of changed our focus on what our niche is. But that's why it was called Hot Flash Video. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that the 20 and 30-somethings are like, I, they don't even use the term Hot Flash, so it doesn't even alienate them at all. Um, we've also got an online assessment that identifies where you are in strengths on those 16 female leadership skills that we identified. And that is at a separate website. It's called assessmyskills.com. Assessmyskills.com. It takes about five minutes to just rate yourself on those five. It's a real quick and dirty mm-hmm. self-assessment. And it gives back to you which of the four quadrants you are strongest in in what we call the intuition model that pulls those 16 in. So it will give you a report. It's a one-page report that kind of says, here's what you might tend to do, here's what you might look out for, probably some pitfalls and how you interact with, with other people in the workplace, both, both men and women. So that I, I mm-hmm. highly encourage anyone to take that, assessmyskills.com. We also um, Katie, have, is, um, it, Katie, Katie, real quick, is, yeah. even though that's a separate website, is it linked through Skirt Strategies so that if people are out yeah. of Skirt Strategies, they would still be able to link through to it? Yes. There, uh, the home page, okay. you can see it. And if you're interested, it will automatically drop you into our free mailing list. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll love to be able to you know, keep you in the loop on, on things that are happening. So if you're thinking, oh, I really want to do both the assessment and the mailing list, just do the assessment and you'll automatically be on that, that mailing list. And then in part of what we're launching, Kelly, in, this, uh, in the next year is this mentoring network. It's going to be... Mm-hmm. Um, structured and give women an opportunity to build a relationship with with someone else or to to opt in as a mentee because they want somebody to mentor them. 
So that's in the works, and we'd love for you all to track that. That will be a, um, a subscribed piece that we're going to offer for $8 a month, um, something real uh-huh. affordable, just something to, to yeah. so that you get the content automatically and it's right in front of you. But more on that as it, as it rolls out in the coming year. Very exciting. Okay, and I, it sounds like it is, and I assume that uh, also at your website you can order your book, Skirt Strategies? The book is there. Best place to order is on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, and you'll want to look for the one that's got the. Uh, it's the second edition. The first edition only has my name as the author. The second edition, I hope, would pop up first. But it is Skirt mm-hmm. Strategies: 249 Success Tips for Women in Leadership, authored by Katie Snap and Carol White. Yes. That's the best well, place to get that. Okay, so Amazon.com for the book. Um, but uh, SkirtStrategies.com, lots of resources out there for women who are wanting to tap into those natural leadership abilities that we all have. And, uh, Katie, you've been a wonderful guest today, a lot of insights. We wish you the best, and uh, thank you so much for being here. You're so welcome. I'm excited to talk about it anytime. so thanks for hosting me. Okay. All right. Well, you have a great weekend. And before the rest of you go, I want to make sure you know about uh, another initiative that we are going to be launching. I'm working with a group of people. And in mid-October, we are going to be part of a national campaign that focuses on innovation, creativity, ingenuity, and all the factors that have made this country great historically and that have allowed companies within this great nation to thrive. And so as we build momentum to that public launch, I need your help in one particular area. Uh, Just as an example, we've all heard the story of 3M and how Post-it notes were created. It was one person with one idea that changed all of uh, the way we do work and the way we remind ourselves about how to do things or how Jonathan Ive of Apple, another great example, brought the first iMac to Steve Jobs, and I don't think anybody can argue that that changed the trajectory of Apple. So where you come into play with all of this is that all of us as business owners have had employees – who come up with some kind of an idea, some process that literally changed the trajectory of our businesses. And if that has happened to you, I ask for you to send me an email at kscanlon at ideaneers.com. And ideaneers is I-D-E-A-N-E-E-R-S.com. kscanlon at ideaneers.com. And your story will get consideration for being part of our launch and again, just as a reminder, the story should be of, of one idea that came from an individual within your organization that made all the difference for your company. So again, if you are a company that has experienced that, please be sure to send me an email, kscanlon at ideaneers.com. We'd love to tell that story. All of you have a great weekend. Next week we have a fabulous guest. We have Sharon Harris of Rare Cat Winery who's going to be on to talk to us about how the wine list, the power of the wine list can help women business owners and women executives gain a competitive edge. So have a great weekend, and we'll be back next week with Sharon Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.